On this episode, we get to speak with product designer, podcaster, video author, and speaker, Femke von Schoenhoven. The real life of a designer and I love Frederick. Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. I'm Sarah Veselov. And I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss. And thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do. And do tech good. Welcome to the show, everyone. Really appreciate you joining us. Let us first quickly thank our sponsor this year. We have Pantheon.io. If you don't know Pantheon, they provide a platform for WordPress, for Drupal. You can easily test your stuff before you push it. They provide security updates, so you could vet your security updates before you push it up, and they look through all that stuff too. So to make sure everything's gonna jive with your site before you get it to the live environment, they have automated backups of your site every day. It's a really cool service. So check them out at pantheon.io, Brian? Yeah, um, I'm gonna tell you to subscribe to the show because you should, should I cannot talk, should subscribe to the show. I got I got background noises here with cakes being made and the like, but uh, go to YouTube, uh, hit the subscribe button. There's a nice little bell icon. If you click that, you'll be notified and uh, subscribe on your player of choice as well. I'm just gonna cut short since I'm messing up and Sarah's gonna talk about DevFest, right, Sarah? So we're gonna be at DevFest uh, here in Florida on November 16th. And we have a little contest going on where you can win a free ticket for Saturday, November 16th. Uh, so it's a $50 value before November 16th, and then it'll be $200 at the door. So this is a pretty awesome deal. Um, so all you have to do is at Thunder Nerds and DevFest Florida and say, I want the ticket. And then we're gonna choose a random winner live on the show in late October. Yeah, and we also have another contest where you could win uh, not only that, but you could win a dinner with the speakers beforehand, and you could also guest host with us at the event. So it's pretty cool. So go to thundernerds.io slash now for that. And we'll put a link in the show notes. So with all that being said, and without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to our guests. We have a super special guest day. Very excited to talk to this human. We have product designer, podcaster, video author, speaker, Femke von Schoenhoven. Welcome to the show, Femka. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking some time to join us. And I, I believe we're in the same time zone, correct? Like within uh, uh, the Canada's? I think so, yeah. I'm on Eastern time, East Coast. Oh yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yep. Yeah, how, so how are you adjusting to the, uh, to the Canada? You've been there for uh, a good fair amount of time now, right? Yeah, well, not that long. I have, been here for about two months now. Uh, it feels like a lot longer. It's going really fast. Uh, but before that, I was living in Amsterdam in the Netherlands for five years. Uh, originally, I'm from New Zealand, which is where this weird accent comes from. Um, but yeah, Canada has been really, really nice so far. Everyone's very friendly, very welcoming, uh, especially in the city. Toronto, I've got to make sure I say it right. Toronto, not Toronto apparently. Um, so yeah, still adjusting to living here and what it's like to be a local, but so far it's, it's really, really nice. Have you experienced like the nightlife or anything like that? Made a lot of friends? Uh, not the nightlife, but I'm more of like an outdoorsy person. So I've been trying to explore a little bit like what's around the area and visit some of the provincial parks and the lakes. Uh, apparently, I think Ontario has like the most lakes in a single land area or something uh i might be making that up but there's like thousands and thousands of lakes uh so yeah there's a lot to explore which i'm really enjoying did you uh were, were you still able to keep on your schedule as far as getting out and doing a run every day i, I know you're uh, you're a runner now as well yeah i i'm not running every day um my like exercise schedule slash routine is taking like some time to readjust in general like moving countries like it's such a stressful unknown period that when you move it's really hard to like kind of get back into that rhythm or that routine that you had before like 
you know, now I have to find a new yoga studio. Like I know this is such first world problems, but you know, you kind of rely on these like, uh, you know, things that you're used to doing uh, as part of your routine. And so it's taking me a little bit of time to readjust to that. Um, but I am still running uh, two to three times a week, which is nice. And it's nice to kind of use that as a way to explore my neighborhood as well and kind of find new areas. <laughs> the other thing I want to ask you about the move, how did your cat do with it? Oh yeah. Thank you for asking. He is loving the, uh, like the squirrels and the raccoons. He's never seen these kinds of creatures in his life. And so he just sits awesome. all day at the window. Like it's like free 24 seven entertainment for him. Just like watching all the creatures outside. Uh, so at first he was a little unsure and scared, but now I think he's totally loving it. He's adjusted really well. I love that. That's awesome. I must say, I had a friend visit from uh, Amsterdam, and I was amazed at how amazed he was at the squirrels. He was so excited. Every time there's a squirrel, he's like, oh my god, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a, and I'm like, a squirrel? He's like, yes. <laughs> and like, here in Florida, they're really, really small and scrawny. They're not at all like the, floor, the uh, squirrels that you get up north, for sure. You, you must have like those big, like, red squirrels right. with the big tails. Yeah, the squirrels are big and the raccoons too. Like my, my partner, when we first encountered one, we were walking down the street and there was just this gigantic raccoon. And like, we both got a fright. Like it was way bigger than we thought. It's like a giant cub, like a little bear. Uh, they're that big, like a small dog? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Over the yeah. cities too. They're actually going to, you know, overrun us. So you heard about New York? New York, they're apparently like rabid and all over the place. Really? Like, can you go Don't up and like rumors. pet one and be like, hey, buddy? Right. Or like, that's like a no-no. Mm. We'll share a link in the show notes since Sarah doesn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting to me that you've had such uh, an incredible um, career journey and so many travels. And I think it probably stems from your, uh, from your childhood where you said that your parents took you as a three-month-old and brought you around the whole country. What was that experience like? Because I, I feel like that kind of primed you for what you're doing now and maybe inspired you to say, you know what, I could do this too and I could do what I want wherever I want. Yeah, so my parents are immigrants to New Zealand. They're from the Netherlands. So I grew up with immigrant parents, basically like a third culture kid. Uh, and travel was just something we did. I didn't really question it or find it unusual. We would frequently travel to Europe to visit family. Uh, my parents would take us around the country in New Zealand a lot. Uh, we would go camping. Um, so that was a really fun time and something that I was just so used to. I didn't really think about it. Um, and as I was growing up, my parents were also entrepreneurs. So there was a point where they were running three businesses at, at the same time. So they were always running, running a business. And I think that taught me a lot as a child growing up that I didn't quite realize at the time or in the moment. Um, but now that I'm older, I can kind of reflect on those things that, that I learned from that and that they taught me. Um, and my parents had a very equal partnership in, in, in the business. So, you know, I didn't kind of grow up with these kind of, um, like it was always funny to me when I went to my friends' houses and like their mom would be sort of, the one cooking dinner and folding the washing and, and their mums would show up at school to watch them play soccer. Um, and my mum never did. She couldn't be there to watch me play soccer. And my dad would do the washing and, you know, they would take turns doing chores. And I, I just thought that was normal until I went to my friends' houses and saw that that wasn't the case everywhere else. So I think that taught me a lot too, especially my mum being such an entrepreneur that like, you know, these opportunities are possible for me. Uh, so that gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of motivation. I love that because now you're that example for a lot of us to say, you know, we, we can travel. I, 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 think, I think it's a fair comment because a lot of people are afraid to travel. And one of the questions that someone DM me today, in fact, was that, you know, they would like to travel more for their career, but they're afraid to even travel throughout the United States. So, you know, what mm. if I move to Seattle and I can't afford to be there? What if I move here and it's not a good fit for me? Am I stuck? Like it's, it, it, it can be one of those things where people get um, 
get get caught in that should I I don't know and and, mm-hmm. and fear is paralyzes them. So what 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 do you say to those people? I I know that's not a natural fear for you, but do you have any kind of advice for those people in those scenarios? Yeah, I mean, it is scary. I think for me, what's more scary is not taking a risk or not taking a chance. Like that to me is scary. Uh, You know, what could have been or what could have happened and that kind of regret of not trying something new. Um, But I understand that not everybody looks at it uh, that way. So I think if, if there's someone that's, you know, kind of struggling with this, uh, maybe they want to move somewhere or want to go and experience something, but they're, they're worried, they have hesitations. Um, you know, I would just think about what it means to you. Like, what are you hoping to get out of this move, for example, or um, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, or, you know, prepare yourself to. I think that's something that kind of gets overlooked a lot today is you hear a lot of these messages of like, just do it. And like, who cares? Like, you know, you should just go for it, which I think is great in theory. But I think also if you're doing something really big, like moving, um, you want to be a little bit more calculated about this decision. So you want to make sure you have a plan B or that, you know, you have uh, an option available to you if it doesn't work out how you wanted it to or something like that. So how did your marketing degree help you make that move? Because you didn't start off in product design. You, no. you went and kind of did like a traditional uh, graphic design role. You, you went to college, you got your degree, you, you did a lot of marketing stuff. And then you kind of from there thought, you mm-hmm. know, you, you, well, not you thought, but you found an opportunity. You had uh, and we could always go into the value of going to networking meetings and networking with people and getting involved in the community because that's what provided ultimately what we'll get to later on with your new position. But how did that lend to uh, what you're doing now as a product designer? Yeah, so I was working in sort of the marketing space at a startup called Atomic. And it was very small, about 15 people. And I think what really benefited for me there was because the team was so small and we were in such this like startup phase, I could very closely connect with, with my colleagues around me. So like the designers, like the product designers were sitting like right next to me. The engineers were sitting opposite me. Uh, so that actually gave me a very unique opportunity to learn about these different disciplines uh, and not only learn about engineering and learn about product design, but learn about like building technology. Uh, you know, being in a startup, we were building software. And so I kind of got exposed to that side of the industry and started to realize that I was more interested in what the product designers were doing and how they were building the product uh, than marketing the the product. Um, So I, I started to spend a bit more time with them, try and understand what their process was like, what they were building, how product design worked. Uh, and then eventually I kind of gained enough confidence on my own to sort of pursue that as a career and make the move from marketing to product design. Did you find there's any kind of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Sarah. No, I was just going to say that there's so much crossover between marketing and design. Um, so I actually, it's funny, I've very similar to you. I've done a lot of different things and started out actually in design and marketing. I have a, an MBA in marketing, but now I'm a product designer and I feel like, and it sounds really strange to people, but there are so many parts of all of those things that are so similar. And um, I think why I gravitated to product design was because I don't enjoy selling. I enjoy um, solving problems. So I just wondered like, is it similar for you? Is, Is that kind of a big difference for you? Or maybe it's something totally different. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think there is definitely crossovers between the two. Uh, I kind of like to say that marketing is more about selling and persuasion and product design is about utility and intent. So like you say, like solving problems, um, creating something that's utilitarian, that someone who's using has an intent uh, and almost like it's kind of cliche, but like I like to kind of think that good design like isn't visible, you know, it kind of fades into the background. And to me, that's what product design was about. Whereas marketing design was very, very visual. 
Um, and so I was more interested in the sort of like invisible forces of, of product design and sort of solving those problems in a challenging way uh, to me was, was a lot more interesting. Uh, but my sort of background in marketing and business degree definitely has helped me in product design um, because, I mean, design is just one part of a business, right? There's a lot of other parts of the business too. So what I learned from my marketing and business degree kind of helps me have that context of how design fits within the wider ecosystem of, you know, being part of a business or building a software. Can you think of a specific moment in time that while you're doing marketing that you saw something that was product design that drew you to it? Like if someone is perhaps at the same point in their, in their career where they're kind of looking at that too, like if, so they know the signs as well that, Hey, I want to do that. Yeah. I think that I wanted, I realized that I wanted to be involved in the conversations about what we were making. Um, and instead I was just getting told, this is what we're making. This is what the designers and engineers have, have made, uh, now go and sell it. And I was like, well, I want to be part of that other conversation. Like, like what are we actually building and, and why, and how are we building that? Uh, as opposed to just sort of being told that information and then, you know, being asked to, to sell and promote and market it. So that was kind of like a, a sign for me, I guess, where I realized that maybe I was uh, too late in the in the chain uh, and needed to move a little bit up further ahead. That's interesting. So maybe it's people that think that, you know, I want to get a little bit higher up the ladder so I could voice um, what, what things that I have to say a little bit yeah. earlier and maybe I could have more of an influence on where things are going. Exactly. Or I can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that could possibly be something that someone thinks sure and they legitimately might be able to do that <laughs> yeah no i know Just... <laughs> so do you mind if we uh, talk a little bit now about since we we're, we're at the product design part what yeah. you actually do you you have a position now at uber specifically within uber eats if, if that's the right way to communicate it um what, what do you actually do there yeah, so I work on the Uber Eats team um, as a product designer, and I'm based in Toronto. We also have uh, part of our team in San Francisco and also in New York. Um, and basically, we we look after the the Uber Eats side of the business, the product. Uh, so if you don't know what Uber Eats is, basically you can order food on demand, and a courier will go and pick it up from the restaurant and bring it to you. Um, so it's the unique thing about this part of the business, as opposed to ride sharing, which I've also worked on, I worked for the past two years on the ride sharing part. So Eats is kind of new to me. Uh, and what's interesting is that it's a three-sided marketplace. So you have the eater, we call it, uh, the courier who's delivering the food, and then you also have the restaurant or the merchant. Um, mm. So that's really interesting. It's like, how do you get these three sides of the marketplace to kind of not talk to each other, but in like a technological way, how do you get them to talk to each other and create a really nice experience? And I'd say as a product designer, my day-to-day -day can really depend on where I'm at in the design process. So there's kind of three different stages. The first being research. Uh, so like, you know, what is the problem we're trying to solve? Uh, what are the insights that we need to get? Uh, who are the people we need to talk to? What, what do we need to uncover or to learn more about this problem we're trying to solve? Uh, and that's usually like I work closely with a user researcher and we create a research plan. And sometimes it involves traveling to places to do research. Mexico. Other times, yeah, Mexico, Brazil. Uh, I've been to India also. So it's really taking me around the world, which is really awesome. Um, other times we do it like uh, asynchronously, the research. Uh, and then the second stage is sort of like the design stage. So then we're actually designing the product, going through uh, the journey map, creating user flows, doing a bit of prototyping, things like that. Uh, and then once we've sort of come up with a solution, the last phase is implementation. So working closely with the engineers, uh, working with data science, working with the product manager, of course, uh, to sort of implement this product uh, and check and make sure that the engineers are implementing the design correctly and that we've solved all the all the right problems and 
you know, sometimes it comes up in this phase that um, we missed something, you know, engineering finds a gap that we missed in design. Uh, so, you know, I might have to jump back in and help sort of stop that gap. Um, but those are really the three different sort of phases uh, that day to day I'm usually in the weeds of at least one of those. I love the video that you had where you actually did the uh, speaking of the research where you were at you were in Mexico, at least the one that I watched, oh, where yeah. you were in Mexico and you had those sessions where you were actually with the people that are that are using the product. I, I just I found that so interesting. I think a lot of people would find so much value to see like, oh, that's what you would be doing in that situation. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you mind just briefly touching on that? We don't have to dive deep, but just briefly touching on that, um, that yeah. experience. Yeah, totally. I, it's funny, I actually just uploaded another video yesterday of my oh. recent trip to Brazil, uh, where I, you know, it's very similar. I go into the trip that we had. And I think, like, one of the amazing parts about being a designer, and especially at Uber in, in this position, is getting to connect with the people that we're designing for. Um, it's, it's really great that that Uber like supports that and encourages us to do this kind of research and connect with our users. And I mean, it's so easy for me to sit like in my cozy office in Canada uh, and kind of make these assumptions of drivers in Mexico City or Sao Paulo, um, you know, but actually going there in person tells a completely different story. Uh, you know, especially in, in India, like some of these drivers can't read. Uh, they rely a lot on iconography or on voice assistance. Uh, so things like that, that sitting at people, my desk. Sorry to, in, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. and, and people using cash too, I think is really oh, interesting yeah, that, yeah. that we might not think about here. Absolutely. Yeah, cash is, has been like huge for the business. And a lot of people don't realize that we even offer cash. Uh, it's mostly in Latam and, and Middle East, et cetera. Um, but yeah, those like exchanges uh, and those, uh, I guess, insights that come from those kind of markets and the people using the product are just impossible to, for me to get sitting behind my desk. So going out there and doing the research and actually spending time with these people, I've spent time with them in their homes, I've spent time with them in their cars, uh, is very, very powerful. I love the um, that you were able to uh, show the whole interview process too. I, I, for me, like, and I, I think I align with your whole thing about showing your process is just so beautiful. There's, there's something about seeing like these beautiful things at the end of, you know, uh, a, a dribble where, where they're right. like, you know, here's my finished work, but like you actually showed the value of the process within the interview process. And you went mm -hmm. into all the different things. You went into the user stories, you went into how you thought about that. And, and it's, it's very interesting how that blew up. Uh, I, I think uh, that video went uh, was pretty successful. And, yeah. and I could see why there's so much value that you're sharing in there, not only for people to go, oh man, you know what? <laughs> the next time I apply for something, I, I need to think about doing this as well. It's, you, you really uh, beautifully illustrate the fact that design's not just about uh, how something looks, but it's about the thought process and design culture is about solving a problem mm -hmm. and it's 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 thinking about you know the empathy of the user but how how we go about these things like when you talk about the user stories like you know here's this person what do they need to do and all that yeah. I, it, that was just amazing yeah thank you i'm surprised how successful that video has been i've had so many people email me about it um and you're right, like in that video and in that process, and that's like my real, my real application to Uber um, is like, there's no fancy, nice visual design at all. And I think a lot of people, like you said, mistake that as the most important thing in product design. Uh, and I mean, I basically made this video for someone who was me three years ago, who wanted to get into product design wanted to understand what the product design process is and all they could or all I could find at the time was like fancy dribble mock-ups and that's just not helpful to me like how do you get to that point uh how do you get to that end result so this video I created was really something that I wish I had had three years ago where someone actually sat down showed me the nitty-gritty of what the product design process is and what it's all about
Yeah, for yeah, our people listening or, or watching, we'll put a link to it, the, the video in the show notes because it's, it's very illuminating to the whole process and not just things that you should know as far as an interview, of course, but things that you should be thinking about implementing in your everyday work process. So uh, speaking of your YouTube uh, videos, why don't we talk about your channel? From my understanding, um, I, I watched something just the other night where you're talking about how your YouTube channel was something that was like a two years in the working, just kind of oh, conceptualizing yeah. it, thinking about it. Uh, I think you had a dream about it. And then one day you, you were ready and you, you launched it. Yeah, this, yeah, you're totally right. Um, so a really good friend of mine, Charlie Prangley, who I think has been on the show before. Uh, yeah, we have had Charlie on. Yeah, she, she's awesome. She's a really good friend of mine. And she has had this incredible YouTube channel for years now. Um, and I was with her when she started it back in the day. And, you know, I've been watching her progress and, and watching her success in the design community. Um, and been really inspired by her. Uh, I think she's, she's really amazing and I love how much she gives back freely and openly to the design community. And I really loved her channel and I sort of started looking for, for other design channels to also watch, but in the product design space and it wasn't really any. Uh, so I thought to myself like, okay, maybe this is something that, that I should do. Uh, maybe this is something I could actually contribute back towards the design community. Um, and so I thought about it and I thought about it and I kept thinking about it for about two years, um, thinking like, oh yeah, that's something I should, I should probably do that. But the effort to do it, to actually executing was so huge. Like, you know, making videos, is not something you just do overnight. No. Um, yeah. The barrier to entry was really big for me. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist also. So I wanted to make sure that if I did it, I did it well uh, and I didn't want it to be too amateur or I, I wanted to make sure that it would be valuable for people and not just another like waste of space on YouTube. Um, and, and didn't you have to uh, also uh, learn some kind of technology from my understanding yeah. you're using uh, Premiere Pro so you had to learn that you know the whole process yes. of that. Yes exactly uh, so I actually bought an online course learned how to edit in Premiere Pro. Uh, I did not buy any gear. Uh, a lot of people ask me like, oh, I want to start YouTube. What gear should I get? And I'm like, don't get any gear. Just use what you have. Uh, like the, yeah, the best way to start is just to use your existing resources. And so I had a Fujifilm camera. Uh, so I just used that. I had the podcasting mic that I used for my podcast. So I just used that uh, and kind of set it all up and, and pressed record. And yeah, like that basically took me two years to get to that point, two years of thinking, internalizing, planning. Um, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, I started having dreams about it uh, after two years of thinking. Uh, I, I noticed that it was creeping up in my dreams. Uh, and so after that started happening, I woke up and I was like, you know what, it's, it's now or never. I've been thinking about this for so long and it's something that I'm still thinking about all these years later. So clearly it's something that I'm either really interested in, passionate in, or confident in doing. And so I said, screw it. I'm just going to press record and, and do it. Yeah. And these videos are so inspiring. You cover a lot of different topics. Um, I just, just to talk about your, your playlist, you have uh, your design career, user research, the design process and design talking. You cover a lot of different things. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of people that are freelancing. Uh, yeah. you, I think you were talking to somebody just the other day uh, that I saw that was uh, doing freelancing full time straight out of uh, university. And it's, it's so interesting and inspiring to hear these stories and how people have success and how they find success. And I, I love the one where um, I forget the person's name, but she was talking about how she would raise her rate, like um, just to like test the waters where she, would, oh, she, she put out a rate of like, probably. Yeah. 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 She put out, uh, she was like, yeah, I'm going to start out at, at this amount uh, an hour and then I'm going to raise it $5 every, mm -hmm. uh, every client to see and get to that comfortable spot. Like things like that are so yeah. interesting and we could all uh, leverage those kind of ideas. 
Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you find it interesting. Um, I think also like I'm really passionate as a woman in tech and a woman in design to, to be like a, a voice uh, and help other like junior designers and especially women designers in tech. And yeah, with the, the lack of women representation uh, in the design space on YouTube, uh, I hope that my channel can, can kind of help close that gap a little bit more. That's great. Yeah, everything's been very bro bro uh, in the last <laughs> 10 years. So it's, it's very refreshing to see that. And yeah, we, we need more people inspiring women, people that identify yeah. as women to, to get out there and get into tech. Totally. So, you know, why don't we jump into well, speaking about Charlie, you do an amazing podcast with Charlie, uh, yes. the Design Life podcast. Yeah. How did you both get into that? What was the thought process? Did, were you both just like, you know what, we should do a podcast. Yeah, you're right. We should do a podcast. Like, how, <laughs> what did that look like? Where, let me, let me specifically ask you, where were you when you came up with the idea for this? I was living in Amsterdam and she was living in London. And we actually both moved away from New Zealand at the same time. And the year before we both moved, we lived together. And, you know, we had a lot of fun living together. We would have a lot of these conversations and chats about design. And then we moved to different countries and we both, we, we missed each other. We still wanted to have these conversations. And so we, you know, would have, we, we would call each other. We would have chats, we'd have long phone calls um, to, you know, chat about design, chat about how we're each going in our side projects and what our, you know, how we were progressing towards any goals that we had, things like that. And, you know, after a few times of having these chats, we realized like, you know, what if we recorded these and turned it into a podcast? Like, would people find that interesting? Because uh, our conversations would be long, like pretty much what the podcast is, is us just kind of chatting as friends. Uh, that's really how organic it was. So yeah, we kind of just realized like, maybe there's value in these conversations that we're having. And, you know, maybe there's people who are going through similar things. Uh, or maybe in the future, we might have something to share. And we kind of also, I think, were both looking for some kind of way to document our journey also. Uh, so yeah, one day we just decided like, okay, next time let's record our conversation. And so we did. And that episode is never released. <laughs> um, but it was the start of what the podcast now is, which I think, I think we're about to hit four years of that podcast, which I can't even believe. I never thought it would have gone for this long. Yeah, your birthday's uh, November, uh, which uh, I remember yeah. listening to your episode with um, Jason Ogle on User Defenders because Jason and I also started, we, we all started our podcast at the same time. So, so all nice. of us started literally the same time. We're all going to be four. Wow. Happy birthday to us. <laughs> yeah, happy <Right>. birthday. <laughs> yeah, I've been a fan of design life for you know, a while. I, as you were talking, I was hoping that one of you like secretly started recording the phone calls. <laughs> but yeah, I'm even, uh, yeah, I'm on your, you know, you probably know I'm on your community too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and that community is amazing. Um, what, what really gets me about it is that it's a really, I guess a, it's a safe place, I guess would be a great way of describing it for a designer to, to come in and be like, and, you know, voice problems that they're having, uh, be open, share, share the work they're working on that might be those rough things that aren't dribble friendly, so yeah. to speak. And, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, how have you managed to actually keep it, you know, troll free and welcoming and, uh, it's, Yeah. Yeah, I think like our, like Charlie and I both, I would like to say are pretty positive spirits. And I think we also have a bit of a like no, no BS mentality too. And I think that comes across enough in the show that we therefore attract a certain type of people um, that is looking for a space to be vulnerable, but also respectful of other people, considerate, understanding that we're all on our own journey. We're all going through our own things. We're all at a different stage. Um, and so, I don't know, I like to give Charlie and I a bit of credit, I guess, selfishly to have kind of created that through the show by being really vulnerable on the show um, and really open. Like we often say, 
that we don't have all the answers, we don't really know what we're doing, we're not experts, we're still relatively early on in our careers, um, but you know, we're super open in the hopes that it will help other people. And I think people appreciate that. And so that's kind of created this really welcoming, inclusive culture in the community um, where it's like all positivity. I don't think I have ever had to ban anyone <laughs> or tell anybody off or, or there's never been anything offensive, um, which yeah, is amazing. Somehow we created that. Yeah, yeah like I, that Brian said, I'm sure you won't have that. Uh, oh, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, no, like uh, one one example, a nice uh, kind of nice story with the community. And by the way, I'm talking about the community. We're talking about designlife.fm forward slash community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a fee. I can't remember what it is. But yeah, it's a monthly uh, subscription. Yeah, and you can you get access to the Slack community. Um, and you know, can join in, but uh, I was going through experience earlier in the year with my dog where she was essentially dying and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. Right. And, I, yeah. and I, I, you know, I jumped in there because I was just having the feels and I needed to, you know, I felt like I needed to go somewhere and I actually just decided to post a message there. People reached out to me. One, um, uh, Meg Soro, who was on the community, like, offered to talk to me on the phone even and we texted back and forth and right. uh, and it's just nice because you build these friendships that you yeah. are unexpected are unexpected and it's just a it's nice it's a great community so so thank you too for creating an environment like that oh, thank you yeah, it's so it's such a shame that within our uh, the design community in a whole mm. people are so afraid to be vulnerable or they're have this trepidation be, of, of putting out their honest mm. uh, feelings uh, just because, uh, you know, I, I don't want people to think I'm weird or they don't want to see, um, you know, I don't want to show my work just yet because somebody might see it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's really the point where you get the most valuable uh, feedback. Totally. Yeah. And there's so much for others to learn too. Like why hold all that in when like somebody else could learn from your experience or your, oh my God, yeah. Right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm all about vulnerability and it's only, even though in the moment it might be terrifying, um, it's only kind of brought me good things. Like only good things have come out of it. Um, you know, even like my job at Uber, for example, I never actually applied at Uber. They found me through my podcast and my, my blogging. Uh, and so, you know, I think these like moments of vulnerability, um, you know, can turn out to be pretty positive. Yeah, I always admire uh, people that put out their their writing that they have their writing from 10 years ago up on their mm -hmm. blog where you could see a, you know, the the progress, you could see the growth, the development mm -hmm. of how, their process. And it's it's so interesting to be able to see that because you, you appreciate what they went through because, you know, as as human beings, we all go through that, and it's it's okay. It's okay to to have growth and to be proud of that growth. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I I always encourage people to kind of share more. I don't think we share enough, uh, so I try to share as much as I can. That's I mean that's the whole point of the YouTube. Really, is it's not really a platform for me to promote myself or. Uh, throw out good things about myself. It's more a place for me to share what I'm going through, share my process, share more about design in the hopes that it will help somebody else. Do you have to do anything to, as far as keeping it going or is it pretty much its own uh, entity at this point? Is it its own living, breathing animal? Um, yes and no. I think with my like recent move of country, um, that kind of turned things a bit on its head because I haven't really set up like a good film set up here or anything yet uh, and I'm not really in like a regular routine of making videos and it's been a bit harder to find time to edit when I have like things like finding an apartment that's kind of the top of the list um so it's been a little bit more, more challenging He's <laughs> yeah. a house new video mm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah I'm getting back into it now though now that like I've been here a couple months I have a house uh and feeling a bit more settled yeah, and I will say too that the uh, the environment, uh, yeah, environment of YouTube videos on a whole 
people have changed a lot. I've noticed that it's more natural and less staged in studio. And yeah. so maybe you don't need to worry as much about that. Just that's have true. To say what you have to say. Don't worry about, you know, putting all that stuff around you. And yeah, just, yeah, no, that, that, yeah. That's a good reminder. Something else that I have kind of gone into this whole project uh, with intent is that I only want to upload when I have like something to share. Um, I think there is, there is a lot of always talk like, Oh, like post every Monday at 2 PM or like, you know, this sort of like schedule of posting, uh, which I think there are definitely added benefits to, but it's not something that I wanted to sign up for, for this project. Um, with something like the podcast that was easier to do with the YouTube, I knew that I was just going to get like too over my head if I set up like a regular publishing schedule and made it too frequent. So instead, like my kind of mental schedule is like, you know, published like often enough that it's relevant and recent, however, that, however often that might be. Don't you also do, um, I could be mistaken here, uh, a podcast occasionally with, with Zach and Owen? Uh, I'm not like an ongoing host on that show, yeah. um, but I'm around when they're recording it. <laughs> uh, that's, it's, what is it? Is it Charged? Uh, it's Charged, Charged Tech yeah. Podcast, yes. Yeah, those are two more of some of my favorite people uh, like that are on the interwebs. Yeah, they're they're both really great. And Frederica Mati, who uh, Frederick, you were talking about earlier, uh, the freelancer talking about raising her rates. She's yeah. also a, a regular co-host on that show. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. What's the what's the website so people could find it? Uh, I think oh, is no. it char dot gd? Yes, like c h a r dot gd. Char. Yeah, I'll, I got it already, Frederick. Come on top of it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, for our listeners, we'll, we have that in the show notes. You know, one of the things I also wanted to ask you about, since you've made this move and you, you haven't been there that long, are you still doing the thing where, um, and we briefly discussed this behind the scenes, but are you still doing the thing where you wake up at 6 a.m.? One of the questions I got from people was that, that they're so inspired that you set this uh, um, kind of motivation, this intent mm -hmm where mm -hmm. you wake up at 6 a.m. and you do things. Or the same thing where you talked about, or at least you wrote about, where with your running, where you, you would physically put your shoes in front of the door, or when you, when you were gonna work, you, would, you didn't have a repeating alarm on your phone. You, you made sure that you set the alarm on your phone yeah. every day to, to have that intent to mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'm going to do this, and hold yourself accountable. Yeah, I don't get up at 6am every day, but everything else you said, I still do. Um, so I still will intentionally manually set my alarm every night. Um, I never hit snooze. I've never hit snooze in my life and hope to never, never develop the habit of hitting snooze. How is, <laughs> I, how is that I, I don't possible? Believe her. I don't oh believe my her. God. <laughs> not even when you're sick. Not even oh. when you're sick. I just don't. I just turn it off. Oh, I don't. I, no. Like, why would you want it to okay. keep going? <laughs> are you? Hold on. Are you someone that, like, when you wake up, you're just awake? Like, you just yeah. I'm up. I'm gonna get. See, I'm one of those people. Like, I wake up and I'm groggy and I'm swearing oh, and I'm, I, I'm just go. not. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not pleasant for three. No, really, you have no idea for like three hours. And I actually read oh, about it. It's actually it's a delayed wake. <laughs> cycle it's it's like oh. there's a reason yeah. i'm a jerk people. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a jerk i'm just curious because i've never been able to do that <laughs> yeah i never i never sleep to my alarm i always wake up like five minutes before the alarm every mm. freaking day and it annoys the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like oh i look i roll over i'm like oh what time oh come on yeah <laughs> every morning every morning well that's good for you that you've always had that habit it's it's really uh it's healthy to to set that yourself and um just just really own the day if you will to to take totally. control of your own destiny I, I one of the things that i've i've heard you speak on is that there's nobody no no one is going to provide you extra time there that's that that does not exist no one's gonna right. add out of the blue say oh you know what here's two hours enjoy you have mm -hmm. to make your own time whether that's in the morning or at night, whenever you have to find it and, and, and own it. Totally. Yeah. And for me, that time just happens to be the morning. Um, I 
guess I'm blessed that I'm a morning person. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the morning for me is when I find I have like time to myself. I have energy, I have inspiration and I have an intent that I've set either the night before or once I've woken up. Um, and so that really helps me get in the zone and achieve whatever it is I want to achieve. Uh, and now I do want to like caveat this with, you know, like I don't have any children. Uh, I, you know, I talk to some parents about this and they find this a real struggle of finding and making that time. Yeah. is a lot harder. So I totally empathize with you. I don't have necessarily the answer for that situation because I haven't experienced it. Um, but for now, I find that I'm able, if I really have that intention set, I am able to make the time. So that's what's kind of helped me make all these podcasts and make all these videos is intentionally setting that time aside. I know I could speak to being a parent or a parent Please. of a young child, at least. I have a four and a half year old and I, I, I do kind of the same thing that you are doing, except my time isn't in the morning right. because in the morning I'm playing cars and monster trucks at 6.30. But I'm <laughs> at night when my child goes to sleep at eight o'clock, then, you know, I have time. I have right. time for my family or, you know, to, to be with my wife. I have time to work on some projects. Yeah. So that's where I find my time. So, you know, you, you, you don't have to at, at, at the end of the night, you know, um, sit down in front of ABC and watch Dancing with the Stars. You know, everybody needs that now and then. Don't get me wrong. Totally. I don't, I'm not judging anyone. I, you know, I, you know, I, sometimes I need to sit down and watch Vampire Diaries, but, yep. you know, sometimes you also have to set some time <laughs> aside to also say, you know what, on Tuesday, I'm going to be creative from mm -hmm. 8.30 to 10. You know, it just, it's, it's all about delegating your time, you know, and, and we're getting close to the end. And I know Brian has a very interesting question that he wants to ask you, but Quickly, I, I wanted to ask you that um, uh, I, one of the things you spoke about, um, uh, I think maybe a year ago, was you were learning how to code. Did you did you ever uh, get to that point where oh. you learned how to do the the, the three uh, the three holy holies, the HTML, <laughs> the CSS, and the JavaScript? Oh, oh. Yeah, the, the Trinity. Is it a Trinity? Yeah, the uh, Trinity. <laughs> so yeah, I was doing um, the, I think it's like the intro to web development course on Treehouse, uh, which is a great course. I really recommend it. I recommend Treehouse in general. Um, their education is really, really good. I completed that course. Um, I wouldn't say I'm confidently coding things now, um, but I still... I'm very grateful for what I learned in that course. It's kind of helped me be able to understand a little bit how engineering works, even though it's at a very, very basic, basic level, I can still kind of understand a little bit when I'm having conversations with my engineers. Um, I'll, I'll notice like how they're thinking about something and I'll be like, oh, that makes sense because I know that like in the code, this is kind of the structure or this is kind of how things work. So it's helped me better understand and relate to my engineers. I wouldn't say it's helped me like, magically become a developer and I, I'm not confident to sort of make my own website overnight. Um, but it was still a very, very valuable uh, exercise. That's awesome. Yeah. Being able to understand some of those things as you're designing them, you could kind of work out in your head like, oh, that's, you know, that's where this div goes or that's totally. where this aside goes. I'm going to use a picture element here so I could do blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That kind of stuff is, it's really valuable. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll get there because obviously you're a very uh, inspiring person and you, you take the time to see things through. And uh, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see when you actually have the, uh, the full, the full, uh, the full skills on the, on the Holy <laughs> Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. One day. So, it's, also, so, uh, it's also good if you, um, when you're talking to developers and they're like, we can't do that. And you'd be like, no, no. <laughs> you you can do that with flexbox <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly totally. yeah. yeah but we're we're moving towards the end and um i like the lightning round uh i haven't been doing the spotlight question because i really enjoy going through uh the this round of questions where we basically all ask you something um random and you answer quickly rapidly we'll, we'll uh, all okay. ask you a question we'll ask yeah. you go, okay go three round. questions yeah and Great. And I will start with my favorite one. So you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with their head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of the cannon? Get shot out of the cannon. Sarah? 
No, I wasn't ready. You next. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's lightning you round. Have, you can't think. <laughs> a, a place you haven't traveled to yet that you would really love to go. Japan. God, now I have to. Oh. <laughs> Am I supposed to explain my answers? Because I can't. No, no. To, to buy oh, you no. Just lightning. Just <laughs> no. really quick. You're, you're doing well. I am sucking at this right now. I'm doing a terrible, <laughs> terrible job. Um, I'll steal one. Favorite pizza topping? Eggplant. Yes. That's my question. <laughs> um, if Mars was livable, would you accept a one-way ticket there? No. Favorite cartoon as a kid? The Smurfs. It's Dutch. I know it was Dutch. Favorite animal? Dog. Actually, that is not, but it came out first, so that's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Where do you not mind waiting? Where do I not mind waiting? Yeah. Uh, in line for the theater. Oh, nice. Fimka, have you ever read this book by Sarah Besselov? It's called oh Building Design Systems. <laughs> I Excellent don't believe book. I have. Is this your book, Sarah? Oh, he keeps Sarah, yes, I hate him so much. I'm going to add this oh, to my Goodreads immediately. Yeah, we'll put a link in the Thank show notes. You. Sarah, your turn. Oh. oh, I hate you so much, Frederick. So you didn't much. show you She too. signed it. She signed yeah, it. She's, yeah, it. She doesn't hate me. I have proof. She signed it with hugs and kisses. So... <laughs> Oh, love Sarah. Yeah, love Sarah Vesselov. So, you know, wow, proof, you not, frame it. I know I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep reading the book so much I can't frame it. So, Sarah. Oh, man, you got me good with that one. Oh, uh, I did. Sorry. Have you ever had a nickname? And if so, what is it? Oh, good one. Yes, Femi. Oh, that's kind of like cute. That. that is. What? What, if anything? Have you re-gifted? She's trying to think of something that they wouldn't know. <laughs> um, I didn't re a bass guitar. I didn't re-gift it, but I sold it. It was a gift, and I sold it. Ooh, that's oh. even better than re-gifting. Do Do you play an instrument? And if so, would you play uh, twenty seven minutes of of it right now? <laughs> yes, I can play classical violin. Uh, I played for 15 years. No, I would not play right now because my violin is not here. So. Oh, B-O-O-H-O-O. This close. This close to 27 minutes of heaven. <laughs> I love the violin. violin is my favorite. I do. I really love the violin. It's my favorite. Same. Oh my God, I'm supposed to have a question. Yeah. Why am I so terrible at this? You're not terrible. I don't do well under pressure. You had almost an hour to do the sandwich one. Do the sandwich. I did. She's right. I had almost an hour to prepare, and I did not. I did not. You can take my sandwich. Um, Favorite holiday. I don't want your sandwich question. Favorite holiday. Um. (laughs) I don't really have a favorite holiday. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Thanks. Bad about that. We don't really have like Halloween. Like Halloween is my thing. I throw a huge party and I scare the crap out of kids. Lightning round. We don't really celebrate (laughs) Halloween or Thanksgiving. I know. I'm very sorry. sorry. (laughs) Your take uh, and give us your favorite sandwich. You're building a sandwich. What's your favorite sandwich? I don't like sandwiches. Oh my God. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Femka. <laughs> Femka. I'm so sorry. Femka. Femka, <laughs> let, me, let me set the stage for you, okay? It is one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It is raining cats and dogs. You just can't wait to get home. No one's home. The lights are off. You up, open the front door and there's a ghost. Femka, what do you do? Close the door. <laughs> good answer. That's a pretty good answer. Um, favorite movie? Lion King. What Did do you miss know. most about being a kid? A sense of wonder. Who are you listening to? As uh, what 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 musician are you listening to recently? Um. Oh my gosh. 
I don't know. My Spotify is always on shuffle and I never look at it. So I often don't even know who I'm listening to, but I do really like uh, Gabrielle Applin. She released some good music lately. Nice. Nice. Um, What is, I don't know if this is like a favorite thing, but I think we all tend to have things that ones that we gravitate towards. So a typeface that you particularly like that you use often, that's kind of your go-to. Oh, like Open Source Sans or something like that. I don't even know the name. That's so terrible. Open Sans, I think it is. Papyrus. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? Mopping. Ooh, that's a good, good. one. Yeah, I agree. This, okay, this question might sound like it's jokey, but it, it's, let me preface, it's not. It's uh, just an honest, authentic yeah, question here. What, what is your... <laughs> stop that what authentically what what is your most favorite thing about yourself my drive that's great love that thank you have you ever played a sport and if so what was it or what is Sa- it like? uh sailing well you could debate whether that's playing a sport but i did a lot of sailing yeah. as a kid i, I think it's that's in the Olympics. complicated i think that's a sport okay, okay. what fact amazes you every time you think about it um how the solar system works <laughs> it's a, a good, good one. one yeah Femka, <laughs> if you could not be in front of a computer ever again what would you do professionally i think i would be like a national park ranger nice Ooh, i love that mm. yeah. what is your go-to emoji um brian keep text stop texting me poop come on brian it's not (laughs) my go-to emoji is maybe like the halo the the one with the halo i love that well um one more one more okay go ahead god brian (laughs) what i wanted to get to all the ones i wanted to get to what was the last injury you had that required you go to the doctor um from memory although this might not be the last one but one that comes to mind is i had an inflamed esophagus so it would Ooh. food would burn going all the way down yeah, that, oh that's cool okay yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks, on that for note. <laughs> yeah. thanks brian yeah two last Great. questions femka <laughs> Real. Fem- no, it's good. I understand. Femka, two last questions. Uh, first, what's the best way people could find out more about you? Your your Twitter handle or your website? Where oh. where do you want them to go? Uh, you can go to femka.design. That's my website. And you'll find links to all my other socials there. Uh, femka SVS is my Twitter and my Instagram. I kind of use it as my social handle in most places. Um, or you can email me as well, femka at femka.co.nz. Uh, oh, yeah, and, you have questions. And, and, and what's your, your YouTube is youtube.com slash it, it's your Femke name. SVS. Yeah, the same as my Twitter. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. And the it. last question we like to ask people is, uh, do you have any final words, anything that you would like to bestow uh, upon the audience, anything that you, you really uh, enjoy to tell people as a piece of advice? Uh, deep wisdom. Deep. Does, <laughs> does not need to be deep wisdom, but anything that you like to share? Um, yeah, I think if I had to give a piece of advice or wisdom, um, would be don't be afraid to speak up and share your opinion. Uh, this is something I'm not perfect at either yet, and I'm still trying to actively improve daily. Um, but if you have something to share or something to say or something to contribute to a conversation, uh, don't be afraid to speak up and, and share. I think it's really, really important. and um especially as a woman in tech too often i think we hold a lot back uh and so i would just kind of gift that and encourage especially the women listening to not be afraid to share that's great awesome. i love that cool yeah was, anyone uh, else yeah it was great having you on the show and you know sharing your evening with us and know no time is precious and you joined us uh sarah Oh, just, I really enjoyed it. And I'm ashamed to say that I've never listened to your podcast. I don't, 
I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm terrible like that, but, um, but now I think, I think I'm, and I'm not just saying this, like now I'm really interested. I'm going to have to go check it out. Thank you. There's 170 episodes for you to get through. (laughs) Yes. Brian and I have listened to every episode, so there. Wow. But yeah, you feel bad? I didn't mean to like okay. that. I was just I being like funny. That. I'm just being goofy. Come on. Ha ha. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And again, Sarah's book, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like that, Sarah. But no, Femke, honestly, th- thank you so much for sharing your time with My us. My pleasure. Super appreciate it and really um, thankful that thank you for what you do in the community and helping uh, to inspire others to get out there and and do something. It's really, really cool of you. You're welcome. Thank you you for having me on. This is really fun. Thank you. And thanks everybody for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thank you. for consuming the thunder nerds we honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show please subscribe on youtube and itunes write us a review kick a few stars our way and above all else please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to brian hinton i I like romance novels they have happy endings I should have known the Territor didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the fuck am I talking about?